Why, hello there. If you don't already recognize my sultry voice, this is DJ Art of the High Score 510 Podcast. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to our show. Second of all, I want to remind you with a shameless plug of our Patreon page. Join our growing community and help support an indie podcast. The perks of being a patron, you ask? Number one, you'll get our weekly quick hitters. Number two, you'll get feature conversations that are too hot for our regular show. And number three, why Jesus will bless you. So go check out patreon.com backslash highscore510. And for the price of a tall pumpkin spice latte, you can help DJ Art get the newest choker from Claire. Wait, who, who wrote this? Who wrote, who wrote this? Seriously. That's fucked up, man. This isn't a choker. It's, it's real pearls, bitch. Regardless of which, we appreciate your support. And hope you enjoy the show. You are listening to High School 510, where real talk is vernacular. This shit right here, it's called death. Yeah, everybody. I'm just like, no, I like, I like a cool mid grade, mid level yeah. bud, just to keep me, you know what I mean, level and shit. All the white people like destroying you. I, I smoked one. I smoked one that was out of a tamale paper, mm. a wrap. You know what I mean, like the corn wrap, one stuffed in there, and then the corn wrap was covered in. And Keith, and then maybe with the wax too or some shit. And it was, so, was it a used tamale? Because that would have made me so a little more pork or chicken. <laughs> it was a red pork, man. The red sauce. It was. It, it was rough. It, it tasted. It was. It, you know, it hit it, the throat. Uh, I can imagine. You, you, that. Sound, like, you sound like Nina Simone. <laughs> they like I appreciate I'm, every single one of these people, and I'm still gonna smoke your weed if you give it to me. Yeah, but I would just prefer if it could be in a little bit more. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. well, well I, I'll tell all the weed companies to give you uh, a bits and hedges dug out with the weed in it, like my uncle said. <laughs> right. I'll fuck with that. I'll fuck with that. <laughs> Jay, have you seen this video? You know, this is a this is an honor of Pedro, our other our other host, who's it's his birthday today, so he's out with family. He can't make it today, but uh, happy birthday, Pedro! You know, this is his favorite song, so we're gonna play it. I feel like you've seen this. This is a hip hop classic. Let's see. I'm I never know, man. <laughs> it's definition of classic, not the same tour. <laughs> <laughs> about that jack <laughs> i'm familiar <laughs> you ever seen that uh movie high fidelity jack black's that was like the movie that made jack black star it was that movie and um it was funny because they hate like jackie they were they were arguing over stevie wonder in that movie okay. and one of the things that came up was you don't hold artists you don't hold anything against artists on what they do now compared to when they were in a late earlier of their career right we're right. talking about smoke stevie wonder's later albums that had a bunch of silly songs on it, right? <laughs> yeah. 
did did this really it says on the video it's 2020 this didn't actually come out in 2000 no no it would be tight if it came out in 2020 he's like man we used the camera from 2004 to film this video the camera from 94 it looked like right yeah like this hoodie i got this hoodie now i'm trying to figure out he got a real he got a real mirror and some real white powdery substance i'm trying to figure out what that person was snorting in that is mogi trying to keep it like 100 in his film shoes like this is some method acting for this Music video like or powder is this sugar. <laughs> yeah, the way it was, you know how with powder sugar, you know stuff, you can't really wipe it off. It's hard to wipe off. You can't use a wet sponge. And mm-hmm. You can't really sweep it up. That's what that looked like, powdered sugar. Yeah, I was looking at the people, the pe- the other people he has in it. There were a couple couple individuals that just don't look like they fit in quite either. It's like <laughs> taking the money. I'm like, I don't know if you really are making that transaction. <laughs> exactly. That looks worse. Collared shirt on. <laughs> Yeah. That's, what, that's what I said when I first saw it, too. The guy in a color shirt supposed to be making a drug. That's worse than New Jack City. I like how he said drinking that wine. That's like, that's a, that's, that shows his age. Because, you know, you talk about winos and stuff like that. And wine. He's like, Nigga, man, they was, brother, they was drinking hard liquor. That was a bottle. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, was a, that was the only thing strong back in the day. Was, was You know, you had either you had everything was a lot weaker or beer. What year did that come out again? Because I, I told you, Smokey Robinson's my dad age. And this reminds me, like someone was smoking around us and we smelled the whiff. They had no idea of how marijuana or drugs worked. And I'm like, oh, it's 2004. Okay. Food for the Spirit. Food for the Spirit is the album. That was when my uncle told my father that they smoked joints by emptying out a cigarette and then stuffing it back in the little cylinder. And I was oh. just sitting there like this, shaking my head, like, oh my God. All right, all right. Any other musical um interludes you want to warm up with y'all just to get yourselves started? Any any requests? What uh what kind of music you uh you fucks with, Jay? Man, I'm all over the place. I, I like shit, mainly mainly hip hop, you know, underground hip hop type shit, but like in my free time right now, I've been listening to hella like Americana music, which is hella random. Mm. But Wait, but like what's like, Americana uh, music? Like shit, like folky, folky indie, mm-hmm. like like uh, I'm trying to even. I don't even know these people. I I just put on on Pandora, fucking um, Alabama Shakes radio station. You put on Alabama Shakes, but I don't even. I don't like any of the Alabama Shakes songs, so I skip like all the Alabama, Alabama Shakes, Shakes ones. But all the other ones that come on, all the ones is like, tied into it. That, you know, exactly. I do like that kind of folky. Yeah. You but know, I just, it's, it's weird. I'm it's not kinda... like a fan of any of these. Like, yeah. I, I know like two songs by each of these artists and like, I don't know, but I kind of like just like the random shit playing that I don't mm-hmm. really have to yeah. dig into too much. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, like this one. My name's Jimmy Rebel. This first number's a song I wrote. It's very near and dear to me. And it's about niggers. A one, a two, a one, two, three. Step back, silver back, hold on, blacking. Well, okay, we gotta stop, we gotta stop. <laughs> I'm gonna say, you about to go over the seconds. We gotta get blocked. I haven't seen that episode before. Oh, you have oh, you, have, you have to go back to watch that one. <laughs> you you watch, have to watch that one. That's, Is that season three, Jared? I think, no. Nah, what's the season three? It, was, it wasn't four, because it was funny. I feel like it was season two, because season three is where it started to get too... It started to get, yeah, only like Aaron yeah. McGrew only did a few episodes of that one. Yeah, see, no, this is the ballad of Jimmy Rebel or the story of Jimmy Rebel. And yeah, that's actually a good episode. <laughs> and then your boy, Uncle Ruckus, does a, a duet with them. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, are you already start the show? Hey, hey. We haven't started yet. <laughs> yeah, hold on. We've been talking <laughs> for 30 minutes and you're asking now, I'm already started. Yeah, yeah, so uh, Jay, 
Uh, you go by just Jay or Jeremy or how do you like to be? Either one, man. Whatever, yeah. whatever's, whatever. You might want to go as Jay because you don't want people to know you've been on this. <laughs> you don't really know your real <laughs> cancel culture out there now. And the shit that Jared gets you to do and say. I don't expect to be working much longer. Y'all want to watch? He already played. The, he already follow me, follow me up with the folk song. Yeah, yeah. You want to yeah, watch some more? Jimmy Rebel? right there for a great clip. <laughs> <laughs> great audio clip. He got me set up for it right. The there. song only gets better. <laughs> I don't hang out with him. I work with him, and that's it. I tried to introduce him to a few nice people. He made a fool of himself. I don't mess with him, baby. That's not me. <laughs> just for, just so y'all know. Jay Jay lately came on today, and that was his uh, publicist's official statement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay, I, I need a letter. Uh, excuse me? I need a letter. Got to do my vocal warm-up, so I usually take a letter and just do some tongue twisters with that. Got you. Let's go with, uh, let's go with L. L. Ooh. Lavish litigious linguistics. Loopingly, languishing, lewd ladies. Lumpia. Lumpia. There's a good Lumpia spot in Oakland, by the way, y'all. You know, you've been to that. He's talking about that person selling Lumpia in front of uh, Somar. That ain't a spot, Jared. That's <laughs> no, just no, a no. person showing up without any <laughs> fucking running water. That's actually the only Olympia spot I've eaten at. That's the only one I know, too. Like, he's talking about that one over there by, like, modern times behind Broadway. That they yeah, yeah, that one. That one. They, they only out of, open to out of, 8 out of a car auto place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that may be one. I'm like, how the hell are they still open? They only open at 8 o'clock. They don't open late. And they do orders. They, they do only serve Olympia. They do a lot of orders. Well, you know, Lumpia is one of those things people order in big trays, man. So you can, you, if they're getting online orders and people order in trays, that, that's where they're getting the bulk of their business. Um, I'm gonna go there than to go to that person in front of Somar. Yeah, I would too. I have, I've gone there a couple remember, times. Remember, remember I warned everybody that one night and those foods all ate all that Lumpia and then broke mm-hmm. the next day sick. <laughs> and, and the sad part about it is I can talk about that business all at once. They ain't got no business license. They can't sue me. Defamation. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I told you, I was like, bro, this looks like a tray that they brought from like somebody's party after the party ended. It was like, this is extra? I'm going to sell this in front of Somar. And that I was, was like, a good night. Yeah, that was not a good I was night. Like, hey, I was like, this other nice that that looks a little more attractive to eat. That was not one of those nights. Better than eating that bossa fish from the lady in her little hole in the wall. <laughs> the little fried fish next to the sex shop. Um, <laughs> which I gotta, I gotta give this to the kids. That thing's still open, man. man I'm finding out on all these places I'm going. The gift certificates, oh, are like, I, what, I just found out shop? one place. Well, I, I gotta make sure it's still open. Look, still more. Who gave you the? Uh, the yeah, it's still open. It's still there. I got it from the Parkway. Oh, got like they, a, it got they like know something you, inside too, metal and heavy. <laughs> something inside metal and heavy. Uh, they know you. There's like, <laughs> nothing in that shop. I don't know what I'm gonna get in that. You still shop. read books? They got erotic novels in there. You probably like Afrocentric erotic novels, just for you, bro. <laughs> I don't know if they just for me. <laughs> er- Eric gonna show up there next week. Be like, nigga, here now. Uh-huh. I don't <laughs> like, know. Oh, I, I, I really appreciate her shop and and how it's she is bringing out. You know, Fillmore in Oakland is bringing out like you know being erotic for different yeah. peoples, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, and it's not it's not as heterosexual, male heterosexual heavy. But it's under, I understand why not. There's enough of those shops around. 
Yeah, I secrets. Just, it just sucks. I don't have a gift a gift certificate for one of those shops. Well, Aaron's like, I just like to get real frivolous when I get to my sex shop. I, I gotta get, get some. Yeah. Feel more. I need to be spiritually it's clean. It is clean. It is a nice, clean, enjoyable shop. A little more cleaner than I was used to in the nineties. Well, uh, actually, shout out to Penn Darvis Harshaw, OG Penn. He um does KQED. He has his own podcast right now, which is a dope little show, and he features and spots spotlights different you know creators or business people uh, of color around the Bay Area and, and primarily Oakland. Um, and so he talked to, to the lady who started Fillmore, and uh, it was it was a cool little interview. I like her. I talked to her before too. She's a great yeah. job. All right. Well, um, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score Five One Zero podcast. You can catch us at High Score Five One Zero on the Instagram, the YouTube, and the Twitter. Well, not quite Twitter just yet, but it's coming. Um, also, check out Hipster Horcrux on the Twitter. Um, you can also check out the .com or tap into our Patreon. Support us on Patreon if you like at patreon.com backslash High Score Five One Zero. Anyways, we are here with. Uh, this is AG Three. Uh, Aaron Grayson coming at you real slow because of daylight savings. That's all I know. It's, that's another discussion. I, I like this time, we should just stay on it. I'm switching. Yeah, my body can't handle it. You get over 40, your body can't handle the one-hour switch. Take a deep breath. It's okay. People have phobias. Some niggas can't cross bridges. You can't go upside a bitch's head. Okay, we can beat this. And we are here with our special guest today. This is Jay Lately, Mr. Uh, coffee and every now and then a cigarette. <laughs> Man, I'm thirsty. Might as well have some of this booty sweat I got back in Denang. <laughs> That's how you're going to do it? <laughs> it sounded like he had a cigarette in his mouth. Booty sweat's just as good as coffee. <laughs> it didn't sound like he had a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my name is Jared, a.k.a. DJ Art, with two T's for a double dose of that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just Jart. Well, come on, Sammy. You bad. Shoot me! No, Would you no, shut up, man? That's something I didn't tell you. What? I got to paint a target on my ass! Who can tell me what movie that's from? Happy, I can't. Greatest superhero, black superhero. I know, I know it's one of those silly-ass movies, either Met- <laughs> Meteor Man or Blank Man, one of those stupid-ass <laughs> movies. Blank Man, baby, it's a tight movie. You got to recognize game. <laughs> Anyways, so One uh, day I'm going to go to Denang. And I'm, it's going to be the first time I post a picture on Instagram of myself. It's going to be me drinking a booty sweat. Hey, bro, I would love to go out to, uh, was it, was it Vietnam, Vietnam and just like go to like a little bodega or a little, little shop and just see like a little cooler with booty sweat in it. That would be tight, you know what I'm saying? Just- <laughs> remember they were selling it on Amazon for a while. I remember that. <laughs> they got expensive because it was running out. I should have bought a six pack and just kept it in the fridge for years. Hey, drink booty sweat, baby. We're here with Jay Lately, musician, hip-hop artist. Thank you for coming on, man. We appreciate you and your time and you showing up. I know you have an album that just came out, so you want to tell us about your your latest album that just dropped this uh, this week? For sure. Well, first, thank thank you guys for having me, man. I appreciate, appreciate y'all uh, taking the time, too. Yeah, so I just had a... I got an album that just came out. It's called Winnebago. It just came out on uh, on Friday, March 12th. Um, it's a full, full-length album. I got two producers I worked with on there. Uh, this dude's Space Cadet and Tracy. And it's, in my opinion, it's my piece of my best piece of work so far. But I kind of feel that about everything I do. So, 
I hate I hate all my old shit. Or like the older it is, the more I hate it. So this mm-hmm. is my baby right now. Like I I'm I'm very pleased with with this one. Okay, dope. How long how long have you been working on this album for? A little bit over a year. I started making it before the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And then I finished it after the pandemic hit. Has, okay. has the pandemic changed anyway how you were releasing it in different ways? I think so. Uh, I mean, I think one thing that the pandemic did for me is I, w- I was doing a lot of like touring and live performing before, and that obviously all got cut. And that was kind of the way I, w- one of the tools I was using to connect with new people was yeah. through these in-person experiences. And when I didn't have that, I kind of had to be like, fuck, like, all right, how am I going to keep finding these new people and keep putting myself in front of these new people? So I had to almost like, and, and it was like, I just need to release more content. I had known ahead of time that I like, I need to be putting out more music at a higher frequency than I currently am. But I was, I just have so much fun touring and performing and shit like that, that I kind of would put like some of the writing on the back burner or like the creation of the music. And so this was a situation where it's like, I, I got nothing else to do other than create music. I can't get in front of people physically and go do shows and tour this album or anything like that. So it's a lot more about finding ways through like social media to give people glimpses into this album and almost like stretch it out. Like, so I did do a lot of, released a lot of singles so I could kind of give people like a little glimpse into the album and then next month, another glimpse into the album and the next month, another glimpse. Usually what you do is you'd release your album and then you'd go tour it for like two months or something like that. Put it in front of people, but you got to do that through the internet right now. I was uh, peeping some of the songs and going on some of my bike rides and just listening to some of the album and whatnot. And I, I like the vibe and everything. And I, I would say the Out the Window song is the one that with the, was it Gavlin? Is that yeah, yeah. Gavlin? Yeah, that, that's the one that I, I really enjoy in particular. Feel the car when the wind yeah, yeah. Sick of then Jordan in the clutch, break another down, pour it in the dutch. Give me all that time, keep me busy, turning morning into dusk. Isn't rude to say it's boring, if it was, I'd be off that. <laughs> Baby, I'm related to the wind, give a fuck, wasn't favored in the wind. I'ma find my way, made a roll while they waited to begin. Saving all my hating to the end, motherfuck that. What, in the creative process, you know what I'm saying, for this album, what was, you know, you chose the name Winnebago. How's that tie into like the theme of the album or the songs that you created or or what the general, you know, gist and the vibe that you're trying to present with this album? So that that's the name of a song on the album, too. Mm-hmm. And it was the first song that I wrote on the album. Okay. Um, and it kind of happens to me like this a lot where like when I first start making a new album, I kind of gr- try to get build up the beats, like get my little stack of beats that I'm going to be working with or whatever, and then start writing. And Winnebago is just like the first things to come out of me, kind of. And it's like the shit that was on my chest or on my mind kind of, it's kind of like the thesis statement of where I'm at in life right now. Like the first shit that comes out of me when I start trying to write an album. It's like the stuff I gotta get off my chest and then I can move on to all these other So that song Winnebago for me like kind of represents this need for movement and this need for change and this need for like um, freedom and like self-direction and all these things that are like 
physical things kind of, but more for me, it was like, it's like a metaphor for like the mental need for that as well, or the personal need for that, that growth and that movement and that change and that freedom and all those things. Um, and Winnebago, like the, like the actual, you know, like being in your RV driving, it's like this idea of being in your home, but you're on the move and you're ad adventuring and you're exploring and you're going. It's kind of like what I'm trying to find for myself is like this place where I feel at home, but it's not stagnant. I, I'm finding myself, but that self is always changing at the same time, if that makes any sense. Uh, that makes sense for sure. So like you chose the name Jay Lately because your name starts with Jay. And yep. then lately is is part of like, you know, part of your mantra as like an artist. Yeah, very much. I think it's I, I kind of use it as a as a like reminder to myself that I'm supposed to change because I think I'm someone that can kind of like get stuck in my ways or be stubborn or be whatever like that. And it's like this idea that I'm supposed to be different than I was last week. If I'm not different in some way than I was last week, then what did I do with my with that week? Like that mm -hmm. week of time should have changed me in some way, ideally in a positive way. It's to remind ourselves that we should always be changing. Cause mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, especially in hip hop, but there's just in just in life in general, there's this idea of like, oh, he changed or, oh, he's not like he used to be, or they, they switched up or so. And it, the idea is like, yeah, you should always be yourself at the core, but you should be changing. Like yourself should be different than it was five years ago. You know what I mean? How would you say your growing up in Sebastopol had an influence on your music? You know, that's a place that you wouldn't imagine a lot of hip hop artists coming from. And, you know, and I like Sebastopol now. I, I don't know Sebastopol then. My therapist moved back to help her family. So I ended up having to go to Sebastopol once a month. And I, and I usually go and I make a drive out and spend some time. So what Aaron won't <laughs> tell you also is that Aaron is, is an avid antiquer. So. He must know Sebastopol there. <laughs> you see this house? The only way it's antique is because my couch is old as shit and needs to be thrown out. Not because it has nothing to do with an actual antiquer. <laughs> we got like 20 sh antique shops. They noticed that to one day. You can't get into town without seeing One day I was driving. This is, antique shops. This is months into going once a month. Jared goes, hey, man, take a picture of some of the vintage antique shops. And I was like, what? Where am I going to find them at? He's like, dude, pay attention. I look and I'm like, you're right, man. I passed like four. Especially on that way road. when you come in from, from up from, coming from the Bay Area. Yes, yes. The freeway, it's like five of them right there. Yeah, right there. I did not notice. <laughs> yeah, so how does that influence? Yeah. I think it, it influenced me hugely. I think it was something that at the beginning of starting out, though, I was trying to like pretend hadn't influenced me. Like I was looking for influences from other places. I was embarrassed about the fact that I came from Sebastopol and was trying to be a rapper. Or I was trying to like hide that almost. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think Sebastopol, go, growing up in the situation I did, like helped my story or anything like that. And the more that I've looked at it, it's like, no, this made me exactly who I am. Like this is why I am who I am. It's It's been a long process for me to almost like feel comfortable in hip hop because I didn't grow up in it. Like Sebastopol, there was no fucking, the one rapper out of Sebastopol that probably anybody knows is Smoothie, who, mm -hmm. who used to fuck with Andre Nicotina and, and Mac Dre a lot. Yeah. He went to my high school. He was older than me, so I never went to school with him or anything. Mm -hmm. But that was like it. And I was not like him. I wasn't rapping about, or I, you know, like my, my, the things I say are not similar to him. You don't do drugs. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> I just talk about them differently than he does, you know? But like, so, so, so it's been a process of like finding myself, I think, and finding my voice and how I speak within this, this genre of music that wasn't created in a place like Sebastopol and did not originate <laughs> yeah. 
with these stories being told. But now it's such a global thing that it's like, there's a way for me to tell my story within this genre of music. Definitely, you know, but it's it's like learning how to tell my story as opposed to learning how to tell what I think people are supposed to be saying in this genre of music, because that's not what it's about at all. You know what I mean? Like, that's not why I've ever liked someone else's music. It was because, oh, like, I think this fits into, you know, this is a great image for them or blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, yeah. it's, it's, it's when someone like connects with me on a human level. And so that's what I've been continuing to try to feel confident doing with myself. But I, I mean, I think. The, the older I've gotten, the more I've realized, like, yeah, growing up in Sebastopol 100% influenced the type of artist I am, you know? I think it's an interesting moment in time that we're at, like, in the evolution of, you could say, hip-hop or rap music, where you're seeing anybody can make it in some regards, or you got so many people who are, like, one-hit wonders who are just putting out, you know, one thing that goes viral here and there, but then you got the other component of it where you're getting people who, as the art form is growing and expanding you're seeing different people who can take their narratives or their, their 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 world experience and put it into that form and use it as a form of expression which right. i think is you know is one of the greatest you know forms of you could say flattery for the original roots of it or just one of the you know i'm saying you could also say one of the ways that you see it's you know expanding impact is that people are finding resonance with this art form that they can then take it from the non-typical or non-traditional or whatever non-stereotypical mm -hmm. uh, method of how you would expect somebody who's in hip-hop to be or to have experienced life to be able to use this art form just like poetry and you know this draws from its roots in, in poetry and other forms of music so um yeah it's, it's just the, it's part of the growth of this you know expressionary form which is super dope right i think it's kind of but, almost like what you were saying with those movies earlier you're like it like how you tell if something matter like if it, if it has like impact is if it spreads and if it mm -hmm. continues to branch off and i think that's like with any of these forms of music like if it connects with people mm -hmm. like then it's going to connect with all types of people mm -hmm. like if it really connects with a single person on a human level we all have so many similarities. Like, of, of course, we have tons of differences in our life experience, et cetera. But we have so many similarities as a human that, like, if things connect with you on a human level, there's a good chance it's going to connect with someone who may on the surface be very different than you. But on the human level, it feels the very similar things. Yeah. That you feel, you know? yeah. I always say this, and I, you know, I always, me and Aaron be debating it sometimes. But, you know, with language, with the... Uh, music or expression or just like life experience um i always feel like there's a finite amount of possibilities right and that's me maybe it's a little cynical but within that it's not a bad thing because there is a reason why i could be tied to somebody living in russia with a similar life experience or understanding of the world or somebody in africa or somebody in south america is because within that within there being a finite scope of what can be like we all fall within that like there's no infinite where it's like I'm just an outlier and I think that sometimes you know American Dream wants you to feel that way about like you're so unique and so special that you're you're not tied to the people and that's part of the way of they you know break you apart from you know your roots your culture and and and, and actually you know keeping power within the people I think that's me conspiracy yeah. by the side but um but yeah, within that finite scope of what we can be, it allows us to remember, remain close to each other and understanding that, yeah, we do have connections. And whether it's this medium or this format, like we're still, we still have things that are going to overlap and we aren't that different or we do have more in common to, to unite over instead of, you know, saying uh, divide over. 
I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about that because I also watched uh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah last night. So you know, I'm just like you know, it's going going real deep the uh, last that, night. Thinking that's about another. Some shit. That's another one that I'm waiting to see if uh, if I'm gonna watch it like two. Same days. here. <laughs> Same here. Behind every great black man is the police. You know, you've been on tour with Andre Nicotina. We know Ayo for Yayo, Zion I, A plus from Hieroglyphics and Locksmith. I just want to know, like, what is what's like mm-hmm. the wildest experience or or story uh, that you've mm-hmm. had on tour? City, you know, what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna ask something similar to that, but you made a lot a lot worse <laughs> than my question. Go ahead. <laughs> I, not, we can't go backwards, so you got to answer. How here, many but. dead prostitutes were in the trunk? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it one that doesn't incriminate me uh, too much, other than over drinking. Uh, I think I probably kind of like blocked out the worst, the most incriminating ones. You know how mm-hmm. you kind of like yeah. block out those things and pretend that that never happened, type of shit. It was on one of my solo headlining tours, so we were doing small, small spots. It was like four, five years ago. The small town called Lompoc. Or oh, Lompoc. I know Lompoc's in jail there. Yeah. They, that's and that's, that's like all that's, it is. Shit, I was gonna say that's all they made there. We performed up on the prison. You know some Johnny Cash shit. <laughs> it was one of those towns where there was a bar that somehow we had gotten in cool with with the manager of this bar, and she would just pay us to come there, pay us like five hundred dollars or some shit. Which at that point was like shit. We're getting paid to go rap here, and she would just have a free. It would be free entrance, so no people weren't paying. So it just. We'd just be the entertainment in the bar, but then it was like people would come because it was free and it, w- it would be sick. So we we just kept going back there. But it was like it's, it's an interesting town. So it's like a square. It's like the square on the map. There's this huge prison there. And then it's just like the rest of the town is just kind of built around the prison to be mm-hmm. like houses and stores a little bit. It's a little grimy out there. I can um, imagine, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least so you got a bunch of security guards there, right? Because everyone works at the prison, right? We're about to hear this yeah, story. That might, be, that, that might not be a good thing, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> but so we had, so it was a situation where we had my logo or like my my uh, mascot or whatever has been a, always been a panda. And so this tour, I had an album called the Good Panda EP. And, the, and this was the Good Panda tour. And so this one girl showed up in a panda outfit. At first, I'm thinking this is tight. I'm like, hell yeah, like, this is the type of fans I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come out and represent and shit. So the show ends, everyone, we're like, it's like a group of us. We're all partying and shit. We invite everyone back, come back to the hotel. I was fucking lit. Like, I was hella faded this night, and it, which always seems to happen to me at this bar. That <laughs> people would just give me hella alcohol and I'd drink it. <laughs> so I ended up throwing up and passing out in the bathroom that night, like literally on the floor in the bathroom. But apparently this girl, the, the panda girl, went out in our hallway and pulled the fire alarm. It was running up and down <laughs> that hallway, pulling the fire alarm. I didn't know about any of this into the morning, until the morning, because I was literally passed out on the floor, fucked up. The whole hotel had to exit because of this girl at like 3 a.m. And everyone had to go out in the parking lot. So we had to like dip out of there hella early in the morning, pretend we weren't. Pretend you, didn't, you weren't part of none of that. Right. But it was one of those situations where I got told about this all at like 8 a.m. Like, yo, Jay, get up. We got to get the fuck out of here. Like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I didn't even hear any of this the night before. But That's hilarious. Else, yeah. <laughs> you know what it made it even crazier? If she just, that was just her normal wear. Well, that's what I found out. That's what I think I found out afterwards is I literally don't even know if she, I couldn't even tell you now if she wore that shit for me. Or, or maybe she saw that, like, the poster said the good panda tour, but she didn't even know who I was. She, like, I don't think she was a fan of me, is what I'm trying to say. I think she was a wild-ass 
just wears that on her Friday night or saw the poster with me in a panda suit. It was like, cool, I'm going to wear that too. When I come out this night, I don't know, but she was not looking out for my best interest. I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. So to bounce off of that, where's your favorite city you've gone to? Shit. That's hard to say. Maybe Denver, Colorado, like Denver's always Uh showed me mad love. And I think the weed smoking thing, we all get down very tough on the weed smoking thing together. And, it's always been sick, but like it, it, all the towns that hold this most special place in my heart are like these little towns. Like one that always pops into my mind is Idaho Falls, Idaho. It's one of those towns that you go to in between Boise and Salt Lake City, Utah. One of those in between towns. It's like you're trying to go from this college town to this college town, but it's a 12 hour drive. So instead you stop here and do one show here. Yeah. And it's like always those little fucking weird towns that. I love kind of that. It's like, I would never be here and I would never see you guys if it weren't for this rap music right now. Like I wouldn't, I have no reason to talk like that, that we would ever cross paths and talk, but now we are. And it's like the fun shit for me is like going into the diner the morning after and like sitting there and watching people in this little ass town who are just living their lives there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I hate sitting in the hotel room. So if we show up and there's extra time, I just walk around town. And it's like one of my favorite things to do, but it's so much more fun in these little weird ass, ta- like flat, I don't know, Flagstaff, Arizona. <laughs> I like Flagstaff. <laughs> uh, I, I like these, like the little weird, weird places that I kind of would never be otherwise. Yeah. Uh, that's For me, that was uh, Davis. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Davis, baby. That was a knock hey. on Jared. <laughs> you see Davis, baby. That's a spot. That's a spot. That's where I felt alienated from my Asian brethren. Shout out sponsorship. <laughs> What's the worst place you've been to, though? Like, the worst. Like, you're like, I can't wait to finish this show and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, I think Grand Junction. Colorado? Colorado. Also. Oh, man, we're Pedro. Yeah, that's, that's where he's Pedro. That's where Pedro is. So, so that's he's... his truck stop every day. He's actually going there tonight. It was a weird-ass show. It, w- it was one that we did. I'm not going to say who I was opening up for because I don't want to uh, put any salt on their name. But it was yeah. like a big, it was a big venue that was fucking empty like it was like a thousand person venue and there were like 53 people in there type of thing mm-hmm. i think they just lost their liquor license like a week before <laughs> or some shit like that it sounds like, like the oakland metro <laughs> yeah yes i was opening up for a much for a bigger artist and, and we were getting good you know like 400 person crowds most places and that one was just like what the fuck is going on here tonight and then talking to people they're like oh yeah everyone's down the street because you can't drink here anymore like fuck this place <laughs> but we still can't we had to come see you still or whatever you know and it was just weird it was a shitty ass show it was super weird and then we went to a restaurant and we went to like a I, it, it might have been an ihop or something like that afterwards and there was like a group of 12 of us we were sitting at two different tables the waiter came over and was like worried that we were two like rival, I don't know if they would use the word gangs, but it's damn near they were like worried that we were two like rival squads that had beef with each other and yeah. some shit. Cause it was like two tables full of like big, mainly black or Latino uh-huh. dudes in this white little town. But it was just like, how do you guys not realize that we're like together here? Like, I don't know. It yeah. was Cause weird... I'm sure somebody had to be bouncing table to table talking. Right, it, it was a weird situation. And it was like one where we ended up at, at, 
at the end just like had to get up and walk out. It just felt like kind of like a Twilight Zoney situation where it's like, yo, let's let's just move on to the next night in Grand <laughs> Junction, Colorado. Yeah. I need I, like, I need to get drunk again, pass out on this floor. Right. <laughs> That's when you yeah, you find out they lose their liquor license. You get that uh, get those people selling those lumpias in front of Somar and tell them to bring a cooler full of beer. Fan mail sent to us by Vito the Dog on Twitter. Shout out sponsorship, Jay Wolf. He sent us an article about a new movie that's coming out in 2022. The name of the movie is Cocaine Bear. I saw you. I saw your text message, Jared. I'll actually open it. Uh, this is gonna be a good one the movie which will be made by elizabeth banks who also made the charlie's angels movie who, which aaron owns all the copies on dvd of course yeah. you know you own the lucy if you're lucy lou is in that aaron you got those dvds uh, i wish I, I don't have the dvds but i do got <laughs> other movies that are just as bad how you gonna have you got the suicide squad dvd but you don't got the you the told Charlie's me to buy that stupid I ass suicide <laughs> squad dvd so don't even tell me. <laughs> I asked you, so maybe I said it's worth it. it's worth the buy if you will be happy watching the first thirty minutes of it and then if I being can trade in for a Lucy Lucy, <laughs> y'all would. <laughs> All right, well, Cocaine Bear is a movie that will be about a bear that consumed over fifty pounds of cocaine in a Georgian forest, national forest. Yo, look at this picture the, where it, it should be the picture credit. <laughs> do, do not mix cocaine bears. and bears. <laughs> Why has it got to be a black bear, though? Huh? That's my question. Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. So the the story is about a, a real real life events um, about a bear in the '80s that apparently died of multiple. Oh, this is a real. This is a real. This story. A real story. This is based off a real story. I don't know how they made it into even a half hour show or a full movie they're gonna make it into. I don't know how in the hell they gonna do that. A drug trafficking operation dropped in this forest over seventy pounds of cocaine into the forest. Cocaine worth about fifteen million dollars at the time. They said the bear came across it and ingested fifty pounds of cocaine or up to fifty pounds, and ended up dying. The medical examiner who performed the autopsy on the bear, said the cause of death was cerebral hemorrhaging, respiratory failure, hypothermia, renal failure, heart failure, stroke. You name it, the bear had it. <laughs> its stomach <laughs> was literally packed to the brim with cocaine, he said. There isn't a mammal on the planet that would have survived that. <laughs> it's like he just named like five different things that will kill you already. There's not a mammal that would have survived it, but I can name at least three people that would have enjoyed it with the bear. Rick James <laughs> would have been right there. That was like, hey, right, man, we going out. This is the way we going out. Rick, it would have been several. The, the, the drop was done by a man by the name of Andrew Thornton, a corrupt narcotics officer who had become the head of an international uh, smuggling operation. He basically, <laughs> they said, he basically started having engine problems on the small plane he was on. So he dumped a bunch of it off the plane over the remote area and tried to keep flying and ended up jumping out of his plane because it was going to crash. And they said he had a parachute, but the parachute didn't open properly. So he ended up hitting the ground and dying anyways. And they said they found him next to 70 more pounds of cocaine and thousands of dollars in cash and weapons. <laughs> like, all that, all that, you couldn't get a decent parachute? Right. Like, that's a, I would have had a golden parachute. <laughs> real gold, spray painted, real gold. That parachute would have been worth more than everything else in that fucking plane. 
Vito the dog, Aaron, had a question. Who will be playing the bear? Would it be an actor? Or is it going to be a CGI bear? How are they going to how are they going to portray the bear in this movie? And if so, how would you run auditions, Aaron? There are some good choices out there. I wouldn't get it. I wouldn't CGI. I would get a live person. Maybe put them in a bear suit. You know, maybe you CGI a bear suit around them like you did in Cats. I would think uh, good people to play the bear. <sighs> Demi Lovato, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. back in the day. Rick James is still alive. God bless Rick James is still alive. He'll be one of those people. Matthew Perry. Um, <laughs> who else? Uh, what, like River Phoenix? No, that's too I, soon. Too I was soon. about to say someone else. Said that. <laughs> I was going to say someone sooner than that. I was going to say, but that was bad. I'm not going to admit you. I, think, I have to tell you offside of the show who that was. But, uh, I was um, thinking Jack Black would be a good bear. Or Jack get- Black would be a great <laughs> bear. Hey, Jay, I need you to find that girl that dressed up in the panda suit. <laughs> After hearing that, after hearing that story, it's safe to say, yes, yeah, she might be the perfect. She would be all too happy to be like, she I might be the underdog. Hey, she might come in and blow everybody else audition away. She, might bring, she might bring her own cocaine to the shoot. That's the thing. She, <laughs> she, she, might, demand, she might demand that you don't use that powder sugar, sugar Smokey Robinson had in his music video. You get the real thing. She's, I'm a method liver and a method actress. <laughs> I've been waiting for this role my whole life. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, did you know what I did? <laughs> hey, y'all see me in, uh, what was it? Lompoc. Lompoc. Oh, Lord. How the hell do you make a movie? I guess the movie got to be about the God. I feel like it's such a red flag when it's just got to be called Cocaine Bear. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it should be called Red Sun, and it's a movie about a bear on cocaine. You know, like, if it's a good movie, yeah. it has a, there, there should be another name you can give it. Other yeah. cocaine bear. There's got to be a deeper storyline yeah. <laughs> right running through here somewhere. You they're know? just hitting you in the face with the with they're like they're like it's movies about a bear that dies of cocaine eventually. Exactly. Right. But exactly. are they gonna give the bear? Are they gonna do the bear justice? Are they gonna give the bear backstory? Like, did he have a family? Did the bear have pro- progeny? Did he have kids? You know what I'm saying? Who were his parents? You know what I'm saying? Like. What, like, what's the bear story? Because the bear could have been like a protective species. It could have been a tag species. They were tracking it. The title of this almost makes it seem like that cocaine, that, that bear went out of its way to do a lot of cocaine that yeah. day. Yeah. yeah like, we I, shouldn't no, feel sorry for The that. title makes right. me think that that bear caught more salmon out of that, like, just went on a salmon genocide after that. It was just <laughs> wide awake for a while. Right. All of, like, every other bear was hibernating and it was wide awake. <laughs> it's like, it's three weeks in the winter. He's still high. He was still high. He was still high. Three weeks in the winter. Or he was just all over the place. Do you want to know uh, how immediately the bear died? Did it die like pretty quickly, or did it like yeah, was it on a high for question. a while? Yeah, that's what I that's what I was thinking. Like, did someone come across this cocaine bear? Oh, I forgot. Uh, one person recommended for an audition, Lamar Odom. Um, <laughs> Lamar it's a Odom. tall ass bear. Lamar Odom. He might have survived it. He might have survived it. The bear died, right. and Lamar Odom survived. Seen passed out with two prostitutes <laughs> and a bear. <laughs> The bear, the bear passed out next to some, next to two prostitutes and gas station sex drugs. And Lamar Odom, not only did he do all the cocaine with the bear, he added gas station sex drugs with it somehow. Like that dead. bear was eating cocaine and goat weed. <laughs> the bear dead. Everything in his body shut down. Lamar Odom's still alive. Like yeah, get he the had rhino 62 horn. strokes, five heart attacks, but he's still alive. They said the bear had a stroke too, though, so it's on par. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm telling you. Lamar Odom, there's something special with the genes. He might have to bring him in as a consultant or something. Just in case they want to use a live bear. It's like, I mean, we want to use a live bear, but we don't want it to die. Like, can you? 
what, oh, what was the secret? Yeah. What did you mix? With? Yeah. <laughs> what did you mix? It? How did you stay alive? It's like, is this is this reaction by the bear uh, authentic enough? Do you, or is it? Are you thinking like, what does it need to do to really portray what, 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 what it's yeah. going through? At this point, was this after the second stroke or before the fifth? I can't tell. Oh, this just in from Amazon Studios. Michael B. Jordan is going to audition to play a role in the movie Cocaine Bear. Let's get to our segment, Aaron. What what, would Michael B. Jordan do? Kobe! Michael B. Jordan is auditioning to play Cocaine Bear, Aaron. What would Michael B. Jordan do? Just to let you know, I'm Michael B. Jordan. I'm going to do two auditions. I'm going to do the bear and the pilot. I'm gonna start off with the pilot. Oh no, this plane going down. I'm about to take some of this cocaine off my own hands. <laughs> now I'll switch over to the bear. I don't know how to act as a bear because I'm Michael B. Jordan. But the one thing I could play well is somebody dead. <laughs> so I'm just gonna lay down on my back and you guys do the rest. <laughs> and scene, Lamar Odom, did he do a good job hemorrhaging, stroking, and heart attacking? <laughs> I would say, man, that was very unbelievable. And he was Michael B. Jordan could have really been asleep, and he'd be like, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Bring somebody else in. You know what? Michael B. Jordan couldn't even play a role as Chadwick Boseman today. <laughs> he would. You know what? Michael B. Jordan would try and do a Chadwick Boseman biopic, though, for real. Oh God! Maybe that'll be the next one. Final pick starring Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> he gonna be fighting himself in the scene. <laughs> he gonna be he gonna be fighting himself, looking like Cuba Gooding and Boys in the Hood, shadow boxing himself. What song on this album resonates most with you? Like, what song did you like? Feel like you put the most of yourself into? It's it's a few for different reasons, but one of them is is a track called Parachutes, and I think part of the reason is it's just like sonically a little bit different than what I've done before. It's kind of like what I've been trying to do, force myself to keep pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. And this was one of those songs where it was like a beat where I wouldn't typically have rapped on, but I liked it. You know how there's like just, whether it's a melody or a bass line or some shit, you just like connect with the with the sounds automatically. And it was one of those beats where it's like, yo, this shit probably isn't for me, but this is an amazing beat right here. And then I kept listening to it. I was like, damn, I want this to be for me, though. Like, it just doesn't sound like something I do. listen to that I'd be like all right well let me play around with it like this and let me see how this sounds when I do this on it and so it's one of those ones that forced me to push myself outside of my comfort zone but then like I found a place that I really liked on it and I, I kind of found a place that that I hadn't taken myself to before that I that I really liked and so I, I think that's like such a personally a rewarding experience for me I don't, I don't know how other people feel about it but for me it's a very rewarding experience mm -hmm. to like force myself out of, outside of my comfort zone and then be happy with the outcome and feel good about the outcome. 
Okay. Dope. Dope. How would you describe your musical genre of hip hop? What is the music you're making? I would say like alternative hip hop or like indie hip hop. I'm very boom bap influenced. Like the first hip hop that I fell in love with in love. Like I, I was listening to like Eminem, 50 Cent, Dr. Dre, all the Bay Area shit, et cetera. But then the first stuff that I really fell in love with was, was when I got introduced to like Common, De La Soul, Atmosphere, Blue in Exile, Dilated People. Like it was a lot more kind of like boom bap, uh, mm -hmm. boom bap shit. And that's like the core of me is that like boom bap, soulful hip hop. That's where my love, my deep love lies in hip hop. And so that's like present, I think, in all the music I do. But then I very much like a lot of the more newer melodic and different cadences and different tempos and all those things. So I try to find, I find myself trying to blend together the soul from the old music and cadences and melodies and shit from, from newer music, kind of like, it, I mean, it goes back to like kind of what I was saying of like never feeling like I fit into either category. So I'm trying to blend it all together, kind of, you know. You mentioned Common. Mm -hmm. Shout out sponsorship to our uh, resident colonizer of the show, uh, Sam Johnson. He had a question he wanted me to ask. How do you feel about Common being the spokesperson for all these different major uh, companies now? Does, it, does, does that take away from the Common we know? That's a job. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I would like to, there's two answers to that. Realistically, yes, it does take away from Common who he is in my heart. Uh, should it? No. Like, I, I, like like I want to say no, it doesn't take away from him at all because he should be able to, like, he's not supposed to stay poor. He's not supposed to stay underground. Or, like, he's he should be allowed to, that was his goal was to be an international superstar, mm -hmm. but he wanted to do it while remaining, while still presenting himself in a way he was comfortable yeah. And he should be allowed to do that the same way that we fucking uh, idolize Jay-Z for doing that. Or like, if you want to be an international superstar, that's your goal. Yeah. Go ahead. Like you do need a, a contract with Gillette or with whoever to be mm. a, to be an international superstar. That's fair. Um, that was his goal. And I don't think he ever did damage in the process. Like he never mm. let me, he never hurt me in the process. I haven't listened to one of his albums that he put out in the past eight years and he's one of my favorite rappers of all time mm -hmm. but he hasn't hurt me i still got five albums of his that i fucking love and i can go back and listen to any day i want like yeah if i want common i go listen to like water for chocolate he already gave me what i asked for like you know what i mean like he doesn't mm -hmm. owe me shit else like he gave yeah. me he, he gave me three fucking albums i can go back and listen to i don't idolize jay-z i know uh -huh. aaron might a little bit just kidding i ain't never idolized no damn jay-z <laughs> I did uh, like his first album though. That yeah. I bought that first album back in '95, man, and I like that one. Reasonable uh, doubt. That's I, that's my favorite Jay Z album. I'll give Common a break on the IBM stuff um, and whatnot because you know what I'm saying, you know, segueing hip hop, segueing blackness, segueing, you know, what I'm saying where he came from or what he represents into like, you know, some computer systems and like computer and tech, like. And, you know, unless you're a conspiracy brother like me, there's all the, you know, tech stuff you'd be worried about and technology and big brother watching us. But other side, otherwise, I will hold a grudge against him when he was in the uh, Suicide Squad. And <laughs> he had that one bit role where he over here talking about he he's like, man, that's your girl, Joker. I ain't trying to sleep with Margot Robbie. And then he just let him kill him off hella quick. I was like, damn, man, come. I was like, you took that role, brother? I was like, fuck. I was like, man, 
I held you higher up here. And then there's one other role. It's more, I think it's more, more about the acting, maybe not the commercials Mm -hmm. as much as the acting for me, where I get upset with common. Cause I, I, you know, I, I I appreciate common. I respect him. And I, I totally agree with everything you said, but he also did piss me off when he was in NBC's the whiz where he played a bouncer. His name was common and he was a common ass bouncer talking about, Oh, you can't let you in here to, to Emerald city. Get out my face. Like, I was like, that's all you got coming? Like, man, they should have gave you something more. You should have been like, right He's not type. an actor. He was, he's a rapper. Man, I, I, why was he in Smoking Aces then? They use it to open up more audiences to the movie or show, whatever. I, I'm not a fan of people, of rappers acting, right? <laughs> I know there's some that make successful transitions. Will Smith, if, but I don't know if we can consider him a rapper. Um, yeah. even, even back in the day, it was, it was yeah. catchy. It was poppy. It was what it was. Right? I, always thought, I always thought Most Def was was a pretty sick actor. Right? He was. I like Most Def. Yeah. He was. He like I said, there's a couple made transition. LL Cool J made the transition to uh-huh. sitcoms, right? There's a couple, but then sometimes I feel like now, especially nowadays, like LL Cool J made the transition early 2000s. I feel like now we're in a spot where it's like the studio companies, the people who run these companies and production companies know like let's bring in a rapper to open up the audience. It's not even about their yeah, acting sure. ability. So for me, I'm like. Now it takes away a role from someone else that could have had it. That right. really like, wants was it, to be was it Cardi B in that movie with the Jennifer Lopez or some shit recently? Yeah, she was. Oh, that, that, movie, that, uh, that stripping movie. The stripping uh, movie, yeah. Was she, I, I, I didn't Cardi B it. was in it. Cardi B was in it. It felt like one of those things to me where it's just like, just another, it's like a feature on an album. Yeah. Almost like just to get some just, other eyes on just it. Just to get some other yeah. eyes on it. Like yeah. that's the part that I can't stand about rappers acting. Like the commercials, I'm fine with that. You know, mm-hmm. you want to make your money. They want to do what they want to do, you know. Maybe they don't want a couch like mine, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I'll, all I'm saying is, character should have just slept with Margot Robbie, and then he still could have. He was still gonna get killed anyway. He's like, be like, yeah, I'll hit that. Like, and fuck was, Jared Leto too. He was, he was a terrible Joker. Say, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, you might well be like, shit. This month, like, you hanging out with Joker. You know that motherfucker crazy. He ain't got no morals. He'd be like, yeah, I'll sleep with your girl. Fuck you, bro. So he didn't write the movie, Jared. How you gonna be mad at him? Like, he just acted. I'm the mad already on a paper. Put in some, like you said, put in an obscure brother that needs a role that's willing to work that role because that role had literally two lines and 18 seconds of screen time. Yeah, and, I would have showed up for that because it's probably the guy you know, 14,000 <laughs> for that And fuck Jared Leto. I can't stand that motherfucker. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts is the segment we end the show on where you get the floor to speak on something, whatever's on your mind. It could be something that's been grinding your gears, upsetting you that you want to just talk about for uh, a moment, or something that's positive that's going on in the world that you want to uh, highlight. So, Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts. It's time. It's time. We're burning out. God, if you listen, help. So cold and bleeding. Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I always talk about time machines, right? Like, what will people do if you have a time machine? You can see the true good and what's really deep inside a person by what they honestly think about and say what they would do if they had a time machine, where they try to just experience the time, you know? I've always talked about time machines, what I would do. Right now, if I just had one chance to go back, I would go back to England. 
to uh, whichever dude that was that had the idea of daylight savings time. And I would torture him. And, but I would torture him by keeping him awake for a long time and then letting him sleep and then just shooting bright lights in his eyes. I mean, I would just fuck up this dude's sleep so bad that his body would just fall apart. Because, I mean, this fucker's just ruining my life every year. And here's the thing. I just better to this time when we spring forward than to fall back. But I hate that one too. I hate that one more. My body has a hard time adjusting to falling back. Just keep the damn time the same. Why are we switching time off, man? You know what it is? It's a whole control. He was a control freak. And this is this is man's wanting to have the ultimate control of the thing they can't, which is time. We cannot control time. It moves forward. We cannot control the seasons. Just adjust to the light. The light goes down, light goes, you know, it's, it's darker when you wake up. Guess what? I don't have to change the time. I'll just adjust how I do things. Instead of making this whole time adjustment. And I don't struggle. Like, I woke up early today. That wasn't a problem for me. But sleep through. I just hate that we got to change things. My clock's on the wrong time again. I can't change the clock on my damn car radio. Why make me go through this huge body adjustment? As you get older, it gets harder to adjust these times more and more. So that's my cutty corner, Jared, to whoever that British dude uh, that, that decided this was a great idea. Uh, shout out to George Hudson, an entomologist from New Zealand who came up with oh, the idea. He proposed a two-hour time shift so he'd have more time after hours Damn, he did two to hours? go bug hunting. <laughs> this motherfucker came up with this to go bug hunting. Was, this is the shit I'm talking about. It was about. then seven years later, it was 1895 that George Hudson came up with the idea. And then seven years later, British builder William Willett, the great-great-grandfather of cosplay, or Coldplay frontman Chris Martin, shout out sponsorship, independently hit, the, hit on that idea on a horseback riding trip and proposed it to English Parliament, which then was championed by Winston Churchill and Sir Anthony, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I can read good. Yeah, I think you could take take uh, Mr. Willett, um, Chris Martin's. Uh, I, hope, I hope he <laughs> Sounds died. Sounds like you could take this one up with Chris Martin's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, got, I don't Martin. need a time machine now. I don't need a time machine. I'm going to show up at his house at 2 o'clock every fucking morning during the season. During the season. Just waiting to mess up. Jay! Do you have a cutty corner shout out? It could be yeah. positive too. Don't forget. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not going to be. It's not going to be positive one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that because sometimes people struggle with the negative side. Of it. It's it's going to be. It's a it's a hidden positive one. Shout out to to everyone who keeps giving me these these pre roll joints covered in keef, <laughs> and it's it's become like a a a, pr- a serious problem. Like. Everywhere I go, all these companies are like, oh, we're going to come hook you up with some bud or like, yo, let me slide through and drop off a care package for you. And I'm always excited about that. And I, I still love them for doing it. Everyone who's given me all these Keefe covered joints and shit. But it's always a Keefe covered joint. It's always this fucking big ass thing. And they're like, yo, this is the bazooka fucking, you know, 2000. Like nothing's going to knock you off your ass like this. The shit just strong for no reason. And these niggas that sell the weed be happy than a motherfucker to tell you how much stronger this shit is than the last shit. Just as soon as they see you, just nigga, nigga, nigga. This shit right here, nigga. This shit right here, nigga. Tell me what you think of it. And I'm like, no, like, I just wanted to smoke some weed. Like, if you can, you just give me some like flour that I can roll up the way I like to roll it up and you know, like I'm about to perform a show tonight and you're telling me to smoke the Bazooka 500 for the first time in my life when I'm used to smoking like a split, a little spliff before I go on stage. Like I'm trying to get in my zone and I just wish that this whole idea of weed gift giving could go just back to like a nice bag of some f- good flour instead mm-hmm. of 
always having to hit me with something I've never, you've never tried this before. Like, I always have some fucked up name. It's cryptochronic, kind of like nigga. There's a reason I haven't. I'm not fucking with this. I'm, I have something I already do here. Like, can we just give me some more of that for free? Yeah, it's that Cat Williams. This shit here, niggas, this shit's called death, nigga. You be like, nigga, that don't even sound attractive. What the? You mean I'm gonna hit it and die? My Cutty Corner shout out goes out to racism. This week we've been hit with uh, a multitude of racist things that are in the national spotlight. Meghan Markle and Harry uh, talking about the racism they felt or were faced with in the royal family, which I don't know why people are surprised by it, but I can understand. The, the royal family's done a good job of like massaging their image I mean, like, throughout the years to be like less and it, less they relevant. They got $23 billion because of the slave trade and everything else. Like, they were in charge of the country. I'm like, y'all were, like, were in charge of the, the most profitable or the biggest expansion of co colonialism in the world history. So I'm pretty sure that like, yeah, like it could have been solely purposely for empire, but racism was one of your main tools to allow the empire to spread, right? To be surprised by it is crazy. Uh, we also have Myers Leonard claiming he didn't know what the word... <laughs> I don't want to say it K again. The K word, man. The K word means towards Jewish people. Sorry, officer. I I didn't know I couldn't do that. Wait a minute. Like, you could have called him a bitch ass hoe. You could have called him a, a bitch ass motherfucker. You could have called him all these other things, but you found a racial slur and you said it with your chest on Twitch. My other question is who the fuck is watching this fool on Twitch? Who wants to watch Myers Leonard, a mediocre subpar basketball player in the NBA? Aaron, where what are the state of affairs in America when the NBA has a guy like Myers Leonard got followers on Twitch to watch him play video games in his spare time? That, that, that means the NBA is in a bad place because Myers Leonard shouldn't even have a job in it. <laughs> you expanded too much at that point. Myers Leonard. His name is Myers Leonard. I was not surprised he said an anti-Semitic thing. Who knew? You know what I'm saying? Oh, then you got Sharon Osbourne coming out defending Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan got called out by the weatherman and then quit. That was <laughs> like, tight. I you know it's bad when the yeah. weatherman, who's only <laughs> on for five minutes at a time at most, to come on and tell you, hey, guys, it could rain. It could not rain. I might be wrong. I might be right. Who knows? Let's wait and see. Have a great day. You got that motherfucker calling you out for your shit and being completely 100% right? Bruh, you know it's bad. And then lastly, we got Norman, Oklahoma. Shouldn't be surprised. It's in motherfucking a place named Norman in a place called Oklahoma. Norman in Oklahoma, that spells racism in my book. So um, calling a uh, team with a lot of black players, high school players, effing N-words um, because they took a knee during the national anthem. Um, and it was caught on a hot mic. He thought he wasn't, you know, being heard. And then he blamed it on his diabetes. So... <sighs> racism has been populating this week with just stupid motherfuckers doing stupid shit and then trying to be like I didn't know I didn't know what that word meant but yeah like motherfuckers just really out here spitting out some racist shit and you know here on our show we 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 like to you know joke and you know we we push the lines of you know certain racist things because part of like the way Aaron and I rationalize and deal with the racism that does pervade our world and exists is that we make fun of it and we joke about it because otherwise sitting in front of it and dealing with it um, would be, you know, really great. And so one of the ways that we kind of alleviate is to joke about it at times. This is kind of our, our way of joking with it at times, but we still take it seriously and we don't, we don't um, condone, you know, those, those, those real sentiments of hate, bigotry and, and 
and the exploitation of racism and its history and its tropes and whatnot. So um, to all those people out there doing that shit, you know, uh, Piers Morgan, the royal family, um, people out there, you know, committing uh, crimes against Asian people out of fear of xenophobia, people out here, you know what I'm saying, calling people N-word because they, they take a knee uh, for a national anthem. You know what I'm saying? Why the fuck is the national anthem being played at a high school basketball game? High school basketball Oh, game. yeah. It's Norman, Oklahoma. That's why. Fuck that place. Uh, shout out to all my Oklahoma fans out there. Sponsorship. Come on our <laughs> and that's show. Where you, but, that's where University of Oklahoma is. And don't yeah, forget it, that this is the same place that had the black party, famous black party, frat party. Yeah, man. It's just, it's, it, it, it's, and after watching Judas and the Black Messiah last night, I think um, something that needs to be crystallized is that, like, there was a lot of people that were, not morally or ethically or just fair people in our past um, in the standards they live by. And for us to passively just say, oh, that was a time period and try and sweep it under the rug is something that pisses me off. To understand the intent of something versus the the execution of something versus where you fall after after the fact within that is is really important. And I think a lot of people don't truly understand the, the pervading nature of how um, racism, bigotry, and hate built everything the way people buttered their bread the way people ate their lunch the way people you know what i'm saying bought their cars the way people did day-to-day life was based and influenced highly by race in this country in that way get a grip stop being surprised by these motherfuckers coming out and revealing themselves to be bigoted racist motherfuckers yeah and that nigga owe me five dollars You know what's wild to me is the way that everyone responds to it when they get called out for doing, <clears throat> like caught in a moment of this yeah. as well. It's like trying to justify it as opposed to like what you were just saying, of like, like we grew up in a racist society. We have been, flu- we've all been influenced in racist ways. Like, so it's not, it's not surprising that it's gonna come out of some of us in certain ways, especially mm-hmm. if you grew up in Norman, Oklahoma in the town yeah. where whatever. <laughs> So like I'm not blaming you that your parents were racist but don't try to tell me your parents weren't racist yeah like that's the thing to me is saying like look I get it my bad like my bad that th- some of this language has been ingrained into my vocabulary some of these thoughts I mm-hmm. recognize now that that was wrong mm-hmm. and I would like to move forward in a way where I'm trying to un ingrain those things from my worldview but yeah. I you know that does happen as being you know child of john and whatever smith in this little ass town where we used to own slaves like that does happen or or even the british the royal family like yep accept the history for what it was and then let's move then we can move forward yes. of, people like, want to see it as like a bedwetting so, phase or something like, oh, I went to her, bed, but it was okay because i was a kid I'm tired of people blaming diabetes man i, I should be able to see them man for yeah, less down right. line no, no, Aaron, Aaron, that gives you the opening. Aaron, depending on how they handle this dude, Aaron, we could that just create a segment where, where anytime you feel like your diabetes is acting up, let me know. I'll, I'll make a drop for you. You can say all the, all the hateful shit you want to say. Right. I ain't got nothing hateful. I don't want to use it for hatefulness. I want to use it to get out of being pulled over. I'm sorry I ran that stop sign. My diabetes Right, spiked. that's what I'm saying. I'm sorry I stole I stole that those that extra pair of shoes right there like yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't thinking clearly my, my diabetes, diabetes is spiking my shit is spiking, i'm sorry man. i'm sorry i got up and didn't pay my bill at this restaurant my right. diabetes is acting up oh, right <laughs> sorry to pay my taxes for 2014 my diabetes spiked that whole year 
It's like and I, I got in this biscuit phase. I was basically some some old fashioned biscuits. My shit spiked the whole year. Man, I wonder man. how those like diabetes awareness groups feel about that when they have <laughs> someone like that like throw them uh-huh. out. Oh, we're not here for you to throw throwing us out there like that. Yeah. And then the crazy thing about it was he said type one. He deliberately said type one. I just want to let y'all know this is type one, not the one that all them black and brown folks get. I got the one you should feel sorry for because I was born with that. That's like two, man. That's them. They fucked up and kept going to Mickey D's and eating biscuits. Right? No, man, I got type one, the one you feel sorry for me about. So I'm like, oh, this motherfucker, man. Yeah, he's still racist. <laughs> I got that, that good old-fashioned white guy. He's like, I got that steel magnolias diabetes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Steel magnolia. It's <laughs> like that beautiful white woman named Julia Roberts. Diabetes. That steel magnolia diabetes. You, you ever notice that? They went out and got the skinniest white woman they could find at that time to have diabetes in that movie. I was like, ain't this a bitch? Ain't this a bitch, man? I, I don't know about you, but I watched that. I watched that old Southern woman on TV put butter and everything. What was her, her racist ass? Was her uh, Paula Dean. Paula Dean. I didn't want to cancel her. I was like, man, she was born in the South. I expect her to use the N-word. I'm mad that that's that. I was more mad at people that felt offended. Like, you, you thought she didn't use N-word? <laughs> I mean, listen to her talk. Like, No, and I feel like there's somewhere between cancel culture and between accepting and, and, and stop bullshitting and thinking, trying to pa- like pass over it and get it under the rug or get it get past it so quickly. Got to sit in it. We don't need to necessarily cancel everything. Yeah, we got to cancel. You're right, does is not the consequence that always needs. Some things need to be canceled. I'm not saying that. Some no, yeah, yeah. I mean, you out there but, sexually harassing people and doing yeah, something, you, you should be canceled. Else, yeah, but some, but some people like maybe not cancel, but consequence. Uh, I like, and, I like and, what Jay said. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah it's just we got to accept this and where you grew up in and what this. I mean, that's how we move forward. Yeah, and we have to have that awakening, that epiphany, that 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 that. Uh, clarity that needs to be helped with certain people and 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 all of us have different ways that we gain clarity so um yeah so shout out to 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 racism and and the shock and awe sponsorship anyways that is our show my friends that is our show jay lately Lately. i want to say thank you so much for coming on man it was a pleasure chopping up with you um one more time you know plug plug your new album and where can people get your album where can they find you at yeah, for sure. So the album's called Winnebago. It's on every single streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, YouTube, all that shit. Um, you can find me on Instagram, at JLately. It's the letter J-L-A-T-E-L-Y. That's probably the, the easiest shit. But, you know, Google, J period, L-A-T-E-L-Y, and you'll see me anywhere out there. What if you were born before 1970, not me, I was born in 76, and, and, and you don't you don't know how to use apps? You got Facebook because yeah, everyone. Yeah, I, got I, got that's, I was just waiting for you to say that because that's where everyone, my sister ages and older, my mama face, and all her cousins, they, they, they don't they do Facebook like yeah. you wouldn't believe. Not no, that it's, they, on, it's, it's on there too. Just it's it's literally just the letter J period lately with no space in there. Uh, I'm on so there. That's, that's I, might, good. I might even have a couple CDs still sitting in Rasputin's or something like that that I dropped hey, off in there seven yeah. years ago. Do you have a MySpace account too? <laughs> <laughs> you got a Friendster account? <laughs> Well, yeah, y'all definitely check him out. Uh, he's definitely got a dope sound, um, real cool. I've been listening to him on some of my bike rides, and he's got a, got a couple of songs in my rotation, so uh, definitely sets a cool vibe, especially on these nice nice spring days and, and, and sunset time. Just eat an edible and just, you know what I'm saying, cruise. So for sure, check him out. I'm digging into the album for sure, but uh, yeah, check out uh, 
check out Jay lately and uh, tap in with them. And, um, appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you for staying yeah. on the whole time. Yeah, thank you, man. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll have to get you back on some other time. You know what I'm saying? If you ever want to pop in and say what's up, you feel free to pop in and say what's up. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for listening to the show. Stay blessed. Stay healthy. Aaron, any last things you want to say? Uh, yeah, be safe out there. Uh, do what you got to do. We got a light at the end of the tunnel. Stay safe. Don't rush it. Do your thing. Be, be, uh, do it. Be healthy. All right, y'all. Well, stay safe, stay blessed, stay healthy, and uh, we will leave you with this. My name's Jimmy Rebel. This first number's a song I wrote. It's very near and dear to me, and it's about niggas. A one, a two, a one, two, three. Step back, silverback, hold on, blackie. Steal some gas for your Cadillac. Get downtown with them coons and clowns. Just stay away from me. Laquita, Shanita, and Jamal. Orangelo, Mangelo, and Tylenol. Grab an orange soda in a basketball. Just leave my daughter be. Keep to yourself. Stay away from mine. Open your eyes and mouth so I can see you shine. Open up your nose. Damn. Put in a fresh bone. Just leave my snow-driven beauty, Caucasian cutie, pure, demure, and classically snooty, sweet white daughter alone, nigger. Did he say one of the names is Tylenol? Yeah, he called one of them Tylenol. <laughs> he said uh, Lamangelo and Tylenol. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that was the same hey. announcer. That's the same dude that was the announcer at that high school basketball game. Hey Jay, lately if you ever if you ever go touring and find a crowd like that, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Good luck. Uh, I have found a, a few of those individuals. <laughs>
buy this bounty, man. Buy this, this credit card. Hey, man, you get this credit. Oh, man, try this other card. You get low interest rates. I'm like, God damn. It's like nonstop with Jason Derulo. All right, any other takes about this movie? Any other questions y'all have about it? Definitely won't be seeing this one. <laughs> I can agree with that. Miss <laughs> Elizabeth, was it Elizabeth Banks? Yeah, Elizabeth Banks. She's the one who made the uh, Charlie's Angels movies, apparently. Got only the last one. She didn't oh. do the first two. She did the last one. She produced, directed it. She wanted to make a Charlie's Angels movies that was more feminine, uh, uh, which I don't I don't blame her for. But did she realize Charlie Angels like that wasn't what it was about? That's yeah. like I said, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a movie about Hugh Hefner, but put a feminist spin on it. You can't. <laughs> so you, he was just can't. He was indirectly empowering those women at the time. I mean, that's all we can do. I mean, we can tell ourselves anything, yeah. right? <laughs> I can tell myself, I can tell myself that that bear on cocaine had the time of his life before he died, right? right? right. I, I can tell myself Michael B. Jordan is a is a thespian, right? And that he's better than Sidney Poitier. Nigga, please.